Blog Talk Radio. I'm Rena Stark, so you don't have to be. Desperate House Witches is not a G, PG, or even an R-rated show. So, bad language, bodily function, dirty talk of any kind might offend you. This is not the show for you. Oh, that's bullshit. You know it's the show for you. That's why you fucking tuned in. Desperate House Witches <laughs> is brought to you by the amazingly wicked one herself, the incredible Dorothy Morrison. Please check out the Facebook page for WickedWitchStudios.com, available now. Autographs sugar skull, coffin boxes, and you can get them filled with stuff or not. Your choice. Go get them. In addition to that, you can still get some oils and candles because you know you love them and you got to have them because we're getting to that season where we're going to start casting for extra shit. Um, so check out wickedwitchstudios.com for all of your witching needs. So with me for the hour, yay, Australia Taylor is back. And the book that we're going to be talking about is Inspiring Creativity Through Magic, How to Ritualize Your Art and Attract the Creative Spirit. Hey, Estrella, how are you? I am so good. Thanks so much I'm for so having good. me, Raina. Thanks so much for having me, Raina. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for coming back on. So I got to tell you, when I first got the book, I was like, oh, shit. It's a book about creativity. Uh, I'm not a creative person at all. This is not going to be fun. And then I started reading it, and I was like, holy shit, it's a book about creativity. This is talking to me. This book is talking to me. Okay, so here's my thing. I I don't consider myself a creative person. I don't paint. I don't draw. uh, I don't sing anymore because I broke my voice. Lots of abuse. Um, I don't dance. Um, I'm not a writer. Uh, you know, I don't do the things. And this book was like, well, bitch, you can if you want to. So this book has yeah. become my book. Yeah. It's become my book of the year because it, it stopped me <laughs> from doing the self-sabotage. And I'm like, yeah. holy shit, yeah. this book is talking me out of sabotaging myself. What? The, where has this book been my whole life? What is going on here? <laughs> no, seriously, because it's like the, the last safe place where people slam themselves, their body image and their creativity image. And I think mm-hmm. people have this tendency, like it's okay to be cruel to yourself or deny yourself or say that things that you're generating artfully is crap. I think it's one of the last vestiges where we really down ourselves and we get away with it. And your book is like, bullshit. Don't do that. There's ways through this. And I just love this book. And I'm so grateful oh, thank to you. you. Because it, oh, thank you. It, it kind of inspired me to, like, try to get over my own bullshit about creativity. Because, I mean, listen, art is a very subjective thing, correct? Yeah. Yeah, sure. 
but you inspire and, and encourage getting with your muses because they are available. It never occurred to me, and I know this is going to sound moronic, probably, don't care, because I'm not the only moron that exists. It did not occur to me to set magic into the art. My feeling was always that if I wasn't naturally talented, it wasn't for me. And that's not true, is it? Right. We all start from we all a start zero from place. A like zero place. We, we like come with we, nothing, we maybe with some innate abilities, maybe some, maybe innate some abilities, encouragement. Maybe some encouragement. But, but really, really, art is more about honing your craft than it is being about like being born with it. Like being born with it. And magic can help. Yeah. And magic can help. Yeah, and I love how you address that. And I also, uh, and there's other things, like, you know, when somebody, I don't know about other people, I know about me, I know that sometimes if I get a creative inspiration, it's suddenly like a horse being let out of a gate. It's out of control, it's running rampant, <laughs> yeah. and you actually, <laughs> yeah. you actually address that in the book, and you talk about, you know, kind of narrowing down where you're at and, and trying to actually make it so that it's a cohesive art, whatever it is, because you address all different types of art as well. It's not just about writing or singing or painting or drawing. It's, it's about everything and just being an artistic person and being in touch with the creative muse. So how did you, I mean, you're very artistic. You do all the things. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you're a dancer. You're a dancer. You're a writer. You're a sculptor. You're. Uh, let's see what else. Let me try to remember. You sing too, don't you? Yeah, I love to sing. Yeah, I love and to I sing. Act too. And, and I act too. Yep. Yep. I do collages. I do finger painting. Finger painting. Yep. Your your whole essence is very. Like you're the embodiment of someone who we would consider artistic because you have you're multifaceted. I mean, I have trouble enough just drawing a straight line, which I can't do. Um, but I love the fact that that's not a prerequisite. No, and straight lines are overrated. No, and straight lines are overrated. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, can you adjust your position a little bit? You're you're a little bit wobbly. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Okay. Here's another position. Oh, my God. Here's another position. So good. Perfect good. Okay. Wonderful. Perfect good. Thank you. So you talk a lot about designing a space to invite creative spirits in, which never Mm -hmm. occurred to me. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I thought if you were born with it, great. If you're not born with it, Go find another hobby. But you're like, no, 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 not necessary. You can actually create a space and a time. I mean, you're, you talk about it from an entirely holistic uh, position of herbs and crystals and timing and setting the mood and music and, and attitude and knowing when to let the right Spiritan, which did not even occur to me. So I wanted one of the things I wanted to ask you about was: Have you ever been in a creative situation where a bad spirit showed up? 
Um, you know, um, I could say that there were know, times that, that spirit that showed up that wanted to express something wasn't really in my purview. In my purview, you know. Um, you know, um, I think that dancing even kind of absorbs spirits kind of a little bit more readily than writing because you have a specific modus operandi for writing. Whereas dancing, writing, you know, you can kind of express you know, a lot of different things, and especially with things, and especially with music that you listen to. You can kind of find some music that's kind of a little bit haunted, haunted, I would say, haunted, or a little bit, I would say, or a little bit uh, saturated with a specific uh, emotion, and that can come through your dancing. I'm really picky about the music, really that, picky I about music that I use for my for that reason. Because some stuff can come up, like it can dredge up negative emotions. And if it's cathartic, if it's in a performance where I'm moving through that emotion, through that emotion, Finding the light in a bad situation. That's okay. But if it's okay. just like, but if it's just a, like random, a random song that I'm dancing to, something weird can come out where it's not necessarily a good experience for me and the, the performance can kind of like overwhelm the audience with this other kind of emotion. There's like a very egotistic song or very... Uh, depressing song. Depressing it can make the song. audience feel it depressed, the audience or like feel they're depressed. being exposed like to someone's ego, which isn't really that attractive. Right. No, I understand that. Have you ever experienced? Like when you're doing art privately, like because you do all again, you do all the things. Like when you're writing, for example, which is actually an art form. Thank you for reminding mm-hmm. me of that, mm-hmm. um, because. This, you know, if you're again, if you're like me, you don't feel like you're a very artistic person, and this book really kind of blows the doors off of that and says, eh, yeah, you are, you are, you you have to, but you have to put forth intention and you have to put forth real ideas and dedication. You can't wait for it to just plop into your lap. And I love that you said that because I'm I'm very lazy. <laughs> And again, you're just you're lazy. lazy. I'm lazy. lazy. <laughs> I'm lazy. Well, I mean, I'm lazy. No, I'm super lazy. Um, because my feeling is, without innate ability, maybe I just don't have any ability. And it's really like, no, no, no. If you set the dedication and the time, and you coax the muse, whatever that muse might be, for whatever it is you're trying to do. That can be mm-hmm. done, and the mm-hmm. whole thing about setting the tone, the relationship, talk about relationships with muses, because I found that part fascinating. Yeah, so yeah, I feel like so that is one of the biggest like hacks when you think about the spirit world, is the relationship that you have with the spirit, or just one spirit in particular. So... So you know my relationship you know, with my, my creative spirit, my creative spirit, I call spirit, crow publicly. I call crow publicly. Um, um, it started 
when I knew he showed up when I was free. You know, it was a really, you know, it was a really weird situation at first. I was like, how dare a spirit come into my house? How dare a spirit come into my house? is protected. My house is protected. The fact that he wasn't a bad one. He wasn't a bad one. He wasn't a bad spirit. He wasn't a bad spirit. And so then we started doing this relationship building, which I think is the proper when you encounter a new spirit, especially one that you're going to continue to engage with. Continue to engage with. So, so we, we I would call upon him when I was creating, and he would show up. And it's funny, the more time I spent with him, the more he revealed of himself to me. And I could only see him through my peripheral vision. But what I began to see, instead of just like an energy shape form, like blob, it started to take shape of this beautiful gentleman crow. Gentleman crow. Sometimes uh, when I would write a lot when or, I would um, a lot, dance a lot or, um, or you know, lot, engage with him or, a lot, you know, he would a lot. get bigger. Would get and I remember bigger. one time when I was editing, I think it was intuitive witchcraft, I felt like he was seven I feet like tall, seven like looming over me, like assisting me with the words. He a trickle of inspiration over the top of my head that felt like cool water, like in a waterfall. And then if I, you know, took I'm off, you know, it took the time off from our relationship changed, our relationship you know, changed, uh, we wouldn't spend as much time together, and then he would change shape and, and then become a little bit smaller, a little bit smaller, a little bit more hesitant, maybe, so, you know, so, what we give to each other was really important, and I tried to give him offering, because that's a lot of spirits like, that's how you build a relationship, right, but he didn't seem like anything that I tried to give him, until I made a collage for him, and I spent hours looking on the internet for the right images and everything, and found some, and put it together, and you know, he was so happy with that, and after that, after that, our relationship got even better, he visited more often, he visited more inspiration, so really this was a trial and error kind of situation, because I hadn't read a book about this kind of relationship before, people had mentioned it. Mentioned it. Uh, people had mentioned it. Stephen King has um, mentioned Stephen it. Stephen King has Ray mentioned Bradbury. it. Ray Bradbury. No one goes in depth no about it so much. And, you know, I think the closest you know, I think that quoted was Liz Gilbert, who wrote Big Magic. Who wrote Big Magic. The people who wrote the people way, who a little bit, you know, but bit, you know, they're not but magical people. They're not magical <laughs> really. people. Like, you know, like maybe magic like without maybe a K, but magic without a K. I really thought that. I really thought you know that, this kind of a book needs you know, this to be kind of a in book our world, be in, in our world, world you know, which is world, pagans which is and pagans and whatnot. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, are you kidding? Why do you think I'm so in love with this book? <laughs> it's, it is a book that was so needed that I wish I'd had years and years and years ago, because the book really gives not just permission. It's not really permission because we don't really need permission. I don't know. Maybe I do. Maybe I'm just that kind of person that that just needs to be told, yeah, you know, you can do that if you really want to. But the encouraging part about making these relationships with spirits is almost like, Oh, you're not in the deep end of the water by yourself. If you can partner with a, a muse or a spirit, or is the is it preferable to say muse or is it preferable to say spirit? 
because I've, I've heard them be used interchangeably. Yeah, I think that I prefer yeah, the term creative spirit because mine doesn't because show up like a mine classical show up like muse a classical of like ancient Greek mythology. Like ancient Greek mythology. So, <laughs> so I don't. I think whatever I don't, you want to use for your own you terms is great, but terms that's just I just use a very general term. I just use a very general term for mine. Yeah. See, now when I give offerings, like when I'm doing giddy work or, or spell work, like I offer booze. Booze may not <laughs> be. <laughs> I mean, my gods are super happy with my offerings, but I'm not really looking to them to give me creative inspiration in in an artistic sense, so to speak. So maybe that's yeah. not quite the appropriate thing to make an offering to a creative spirit. Um what, what do you suggest as an opening pitch or as an opening offering when you first want to? I mean, how do you even find your creative spirit? How does that, how does that work? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I found mine well, through feeding a ritual, through a ritual um, to basically um, write. To basically I was write. having problems was writing, having problems and I really, really wanted to write a book. I really, really the wanted to write a book. The book. And, the, and this is when the creative spirit showed up. So I kind of was using whatever worked. I had this elaborate setup. I had to have my tea or coffee. I had to have this sort of light crystal. I had to have certain music, wearing headphones to get me in the mood for the book I was writing. And then I also burned a candle. I also burned a candle. Because why not, right? I love candles. I love candles. And so... I had all the elements there. I didn't really realize it at the time. You know, I think that, you know, I think that all that stuff around the house all the time. All that stuff around the house all the time. You know, people like us, you know. So there I am. And then I also have these other atmospheric conditions that are helping Like I have a heater at my feet. I have a heater at my feet. Winter and it's cold out. Winter and it's cold out. I have a light overhead. There are these specific ways that help me get into writing. And then that is kind of like it just became my ritual. Like, oh, it's time to write. Better oh, it's time to write. But in the ear pods and then the ear pods or earbuds back then. Well, I guess there earbuds back then. Yeah, and get everything um, ready. Yeah, and get everything ready. And then that's when the and creative that's spirit when started the showing spirit up. Started showing and I realized, oh, and I this realized, is like, oh, all four elements. Like, all four I mean, elements. I have this intention I mean, you know, I have this for creativity. Creativity. Um. That was kind of the that was kind of the way that I met that spirit how we started working together. How we started working together. That was six books ago. Before that, you had had this idea that you wanted to write a book, but was it was it something that you didn't know where to start, and that's why you oh, wanted to? Oh, I, I, I knew where to start. I knew it's, where to it's start. Sad. It's sad. I've been trying to write books for probably since I was like 21. Since I was like 21. And and it just didn't happen to me until I was in my mid-30s. So the the one the creative the spirit one, showed up. The creative spirit showed up. What do you mean? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'll be forty-seven in I'll October. I'll be forty-seven in October. Shush! How dare you look that good at your age? I'm just embarrassed. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're well, um, yeah. Well, so. Um, 
that's when that's the creative spirit showed up, and that's the first book I ever finished. So I just have to say, and I just know then like I was just writing, writing, writing books, writing, writing, writing books, and I had it just feels so good to be in the creative flow. Can I just say that too? Can I just say that too? The inspiration, the inspiration, magical. It feels like you're in a magical state, like you're in a magical state, and you're like, ooh, I feel like ooh, I feel the deity, I feel the magic coming up through me, coming up like that. But it's like a constant flow. It's like a constant flow. If it's good, you know. If it's good, you know. Dancing is the same way, you know. When you're on, you know. When you're on, you have it, and you you have the energy, and you're expressing it. It just feels like you're on fire in the best way possible. So it's addictive to do this. And then during the pandemic, during the pandemic. I was like, um, oh, there's not a book like this out there. there's not a book And I've been doing this, and I've been needing to write this book. I really thought, like, Christopher Fenzik or Tempest Jackroff would have, like, already written this book. No, they didn't, so I decided to do it. I decided to do it. And I'm so glad you did. And those writers are wonderful writers. Yes, they're so good. Yes, they're so good. But this book is actually helping me to do different things. It's giving me a different way of doing the things that I do. Like I like to make jewelry. So I'm mm. I never thought mm. of that as being artistic. And definitely it, is. You know definitely it, is. It kind of made me straighten my shoulders and say, Shit, I made something pretty. I did something. Yay. Yes. And I yes. And you should feel feel glad. Yeah. Like you accomplished that. You you had a vision. That. You you had a vision. Yep. I sure did. And I and I carried it through <laughs> and I was able to look at what I did the other day cuz I made like three different bracelets and I'm like, "Damn, those are actually pretty. I'm excited about this. This is fun. I'm actually doing something." And it's not like it's rocket science. It doesn't have to be, but you need to have Please talk about the importance of just personal creation for the individual from a health care, a mental health standpoint, in the sense of mm-hmm. how fulfilling mm-hmm. it can be. Well, when we well, create when something, we create and we don't judge ourselves, don't harshly, judge about ourselves it, harshly about it, we can kind of give ourselves an expression outlet for whatever we may want to produce. And you can produce something, you know, beautiful or pretty or something you may want to sell. And that's make one intention, one way of expression. But you can also create things that help you process complex emotions. Complex emotions. You can kind of give life to something that confuses you and then kind of get more clarity There's a lot of citations and sources that say that doing art in and of itself is healing. You're going through this process. And so it's kind of like you're reopening this emotion you have or this out there, this emotional body even, if you want to look at that way. And you're just slightly changing it. You're healing yourself when you express these ideas. 
these ideas. And it's not just and like healing the bad stuff. It's also you also, can practice. You can practice uh, in your power. Uh, in your power. Spotlight. And receiving and receiving and things like that too. If you put your art out there, even if you don't, you can just imagine that as well. That can be your art. You know, you can receive your own compliments and you know feel good about yourself that way. Like, oh, I accomplished that. Oh, I accomplished that. Complex pottery move. That weird thing that you do with the Photoshop. You know, the Photoshop. You know, it's really good. Even if it's really good, completely anonymous, you can do something that makes you feel good. You accomplish it, and then you know you can, you know, you can wall or wear it on your wrist if it's your bracelet, or do a performance, or you know, read your own poetry to yourself, whatever it is. You're just giving yourself, giving your more life, more life. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so true. Like, I just lost a loved one in the last couple of weeks. And oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Um, it's, she's much better off now. She's not in pain, so we're very grateful. But, you know, I came home, and I wanted to – she loved jewelry. So I was like, oh, I'm inspired to do this particular thing. So I did it. And then – I was talking to a friend of mine who has a shop who said, hey, if you did this with it, I'd like some of them. So it kind of was a catalyst from one move to the next where I could create something that made me happy, that made me think of my loved one, but now it is now morphed into something else that I'm going to be creating for other people. So I'm really excited about that. And your book is really something that gave me courage to go ahead and say, yeah, I am an artistic person. I can create things of beauty and enjoy them. Um, but there's something I have a problem with. And okay. you talk about okay. it in the book. And I'm like, oh, she does know me. It's amazing. And it's called the 21st Mug. Can you please tell <laughs> yes. that story? Yes. And I love this story. I love this okay. to Okay. So please. So, you know, I took, you know, go ahead, sorry. Took, go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, you're, it's, okay, so the, the idea is about growing in what you're doing and mm-hmm. it's okay because mm-hmm. the starting point that I was at looked like a five-year-old did it. Now it looks like an actual adult with intention and thought process made the art instead. So please tell mm-hmm. that story because mm-hmm. I, I love sure. that story. Sure, sure. So I when I was so studying pottery, I, when I was studying college, pottery in college, uh, I, I loved it. I loved, I loved like creating on the wheel. Like, creating on the you just wheel. get this whole trance where like the whole room seems like, to spin and you're spinning still. It's really still. fun. You can just really enter a trance really easily. Enter a trance really easily. And I loved it. And, and loved you know, I was creating these mugs, I was like lifting up the clay from the spinning wheel. And, you know, at first, I we were just kind of like not so great, like, and the handle so especially was just. Ugh. Was just ugh. <laughs> I had a lot to learn. <laughs> I had a lot to learn. I still fired but it. I still fired it. <laughs> I had put in a few <laughs> hours with that mug. Hours with that mug. I was like, you know what? I I just you know what? I just want to see You know, you don't know what it's going to look like. You know, you don't know what it's going to look like after you come out of the town anyway. So. 
Um, so, I got it um, back, and I remember I being so happy with it. I was like, so oh, happy with it. I was like, oh, it's I made a mug. It's my first mug. And it held water. It helped coffee. And I kept going. Like, we get to week. I come there and kick the wheel and spin and make more mugs. And over time, my mugs got better and better. And I would give some away to friends. And then about when it was, I don't know, the 10th mug, Tenth mug. I was my technique was, was getting better. The mugs were looking better. The first mug broke because well constructed. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, using it, I knew what to do with. You know, how to change my technique. And then so I kept going. And it's like, you know, maybe the. I want to say like the 16th and 17th mug and the 18th mug were all kind of similar. They were almost there, but there were weak spots and maybe the lip was kind of like not quite right on some of them. But I have to say by the 21st mug, I nailed it. And it was really interesting. Like it was really interesting. Because I have a picture of myself with a old mug. And it was so and it was broken so looking. I don't know. Broken even before it broke, it looked like it even was before like it broke, about to like break. <laughs> and then so next to the 21st mug, the 21st mug, there was such an improvement. And there was really improvement. It wasn't really, that I was born to be a potter. I, was I didn't have like the skills. I didn't have like the skills. mug. What happened was me putting time and observing the effect. Just noticing like what tweaks were actually making things better. Things better, and then, you know, keeping then, you know going keeping into the process more and more, process, being committed, and, more, being and committed, reaching that point where I actually accomplished something that would not only hold water, not only look good, good, but good. it was last. But it was last. Yeah, and I love that story so much because it's it's really about. I mean, because that really speaks to me as the person who says I'm not born with it, I can't do it. And mm-hmm. that kind of was mm-hmm. like that was one of my life changing moments in the book. <laughs> good, good, I love good, that. Good, good, I love that. No, I mean it, it's like I said when I first got it, I was like, oh, it's a book about art. And then I started reading it, and I was like, oh, it's a book about art for me. Yeah. <laughs> and that really, when you find a book and you can relate to it, and it speaks. To something you've always had in your mind is a very negative thing about yourself, and somebody says, no, doesn't have to be that. This book is, is so much more than, than just a book written by a fellow witch or a fellow Libra. Hello, Libra. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really a book for anybody who doubts their own ability to create. And I'm so grateful for this book because it's so kind and it's so no-nonsense in a lot of ways. But it's a gentle no-nonsense. You know what I'm saying? It's like you don't hammer me over Mm -hmm. the head with it, Mm -hmm. but you're kind of like, stop giving yourself excuses to not do this. Because a lot of us us do exactly that. We want to come up with all our reasons why we can't. And the book is like, uh, let's change that to the reasons why you can. And if you need help, contacting a creative spirit means you're interested enough to not have your excuses hold you up anymore. And that mm-hmm. became so 
mm-hmm. and you you know you would think well the person who uses magic and a practitioner isn't that obvious no not to me it wasn't and I'm not the only person out there who thought that so if it's not just me there's got to be more people like me that needed to hear it this way so I'm I'm going to say not only is this a book for for magic users but it's also a book for anybody who just really doubts themselves wouldn't you say. Yeah, well, I used to be that person. Yeah, well, I used to be all that those lessons that are all in the book, like, I learned them all the hard way. I learned them all the hard way. My mom says I like to learn My things the hard way. My mom says I like to learn things the hard way. But, you know, I really learned the lessons you know, that really way. I, guess, lessons you know, that way, I, I can't just be you know, told something. I, I have to experience it. I have to go through it. I have to feel the emotions before And I used to think that I couldn't create. I wanted to create, but I thought that I wasn't the artist. I would support the artists who were out there. They were very talented. I knew who they were. And I would inspire them with my passion and my cooking and, you know, being you know, myself around them and supporting them and, like, supporting them and, like, you know, like, I really sacrificed a lot for those other people. Um, they never, um, they never <laughs> back to me. I don't that even, like, really appreciated it. That really showed me, like, that really showed why me, like, am I not doing this for why myself? Why am I not doing this for myself? I mean, of course, I was... Why wasn't I giving Why that kind of support energy to myself? Because I deserved it. I realized, I like, it. I, realized I just like, had this dream, like, I, I, couldn't, dream, I thought like, that I couldn't, I couldn't do it unless like someone would just someone whoop me up and say, I'm going to pay for all your training and all your food and everything that you need. I'm going to give you all the supplies. And, you know, this whole, like, whatever, daddy, whatever, I don't even know. I don't even know. Right. Came, up no, came up with that concept of harmony. Concept of but, <laughs> but it's a it's, it's not a, healthy. It's not healthy because I could have been that person, and I and I realized I was like, oh, I realized I am the person. I'm the person who give myself all the things. Give myself all the things. I invested in myself. It was a conscious choice. It was a shift in the mindset. In the mindset. It was very and intentional because very intentional I did because have dreams. I did have dreams. I did, I did, I did want to create art. I did want to create art. That was how I began. That was how I began. The book kind of starts with some like reasons why. Like why you want to create. Like why you want to interest you. Those kind of questions. Those kind of questions. To the bottom of like what kind of artist are you? Like how how do you think about things? Like what would you like to see in the world? Because those were so important to me and just forming my whole. Artist, My whole uh, artist beingness, I guess. Beingness, <laughs> and, like, I guess. Going from there, which is just so important to me. Just so important to me. Yeah, and I think a lot of us don't think about what I refer to as the artist profile. Like, yeah. who are you? Yeah. What are you doing? Why do you want to do it? Is it is it something you want to just keep to yourself, or do you feel like you want to do it to a level that you're sharing it with other people? Um and I never had those conversations with myself before. And then I started having those conversations, obviously recently, um, because I've done things that were considered artistic in the past. Like at one point in my life, I wrote poetry. And i like, well, I'm not a writer. And then I was a singer for a really long time. And then I kind of broke my voice through abuse. Um, but, you know, I mean, there, 
there's all these different things that you can explain. And see, I look at you, and to me, you're like the consummate artist. You do everything. So it's kind of like when you say that you were not that person, I can't imagine you as not being that person. Does that make sense? Yeah, and thank yeah. you. But and that proves you. the but point, that like that, if I can do like it, that, anyone else can do it too. Like I just do it too. Like put the time in, put the effort in, put the effort in, and, and use this yeah. like and, and use this like trainer ritual, like trainer ritual, kind of just make the artistic self feel welcome and feel welcome and and then you know to work the creative spirit. Well, too that and you know that really that and you know that everything up, everything up. Absolutely. And the whole idea of setting the, I mean, it's kind of like a romantic dinner, you know, that you hope is going to lead to something else. But you've got to set the mood. You've got to set the mm-hmm. whole setting. You have to mm-hmm. think about it. You have to put, it's not going to just come out of the blue. You have to be really thoughtful about what you want to create, what's your intention with the creation. These are not questions I had ever asked myself before this book. It's like, what are you setting out to do? And until someone asks you that question, I don't don't know that you necessarily know to ask it yourself. So that's part of why this book is, I think, going to help so many people, even people who are already doing things that are artful. I think if you want to go deeper into your art, if you want to expand on your art, this book is so helpful for setting those intentions and those moods and those requests for assistance. I'm just like, thank you for this. I didn't know I could do those things and ask those questions and and have that, you know, divinity inspiration translate into my stupid little shit because a lot of us think of our own art as stupid shit. You know, it's just the dumb shit I do on the side when I'm not doing my day job. But your whole life is about art. Everything you do is artistic. So it like blows me away to know that you were at some point feeling the way a lot of the rest of us feel, that, you, you know, you were supportive of other art, you know, people in art. And you're the person that probably does the same things I do. Like when you have a friend who's an artist, LTZ, for example, um, you know, she comes out with a new print, and I'm like, oh, I must support her and buy this mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm very mm-hmm. big into supporting pagan art and pagan businesses. I think it's super important because the more we grow our folks' stuff, um, the more credibility it gets in the world and the Definitely. more right, that kind Definitely. of magic and, and validation, you know, because, you know, I look at LTV, I look at you, I look at Jason, and I'm like, oh, my God, I know all these amazing, talented people, you know, Jason's a great writer and he knows everything about whiskey. And Freya mm-hmm. knows how to do mm-hmm. everything, and LTV knows how to do pretty much everything as well. You know what I mean? You're you're both physically creative, and you do all the art stuff. I mean, it's just it blows me away. I'm like, how do you shove that much creativity into a human? So you know, again, when you say that this wasn't necessarily you, and you were more the supporter than the artist 
yourself, it kind of blows my hair back, like, what? <laughs> you know? So it, it encur- it's so encouraging to know that we can all tap into that resource and encourage that aspect of magic in our artwork. So yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just such a great thing. And you talk about the right herbs, and you talk about fragrance, and you talk about, you know, all the corresponding things to the type of art you want to make. See, this book is so good. Just go get this book. I'm just saying. I don't say that about every book, but I like this book a whole lot. <laughs> no. Um, and I love the fact that Michael Herkus wrote, the forward. I I love Michael Hortis, the glam witch. He's so inspirational. He's so yes. inspirational. Yes. And he to me he's a walking piece of art. And I've said that to him mm-hmm. repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Because when I first the first time I ever saw a photograph of him, I was like, oh, gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. And not ju- not yes. from a uh any kind of a sexual thing, just as a piece of human being walking art, just artistic, every detail thought of and draped yeah. just so yeah. and every color head to toe. Just head so. to toe. Yeah. And to me that's wow, when you can just walk down the street and be art, that just blows my doors off, you know. So this book is so good. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Did you sure. did you ever feel during the writing of this book? Did your muses ever, or not muses, but your creative spirits? Because I'm assuming that for different things, there are different creative spirits at times. Um, mm-hmm. Did you ever get mm-hmm. Did you ever get nudged? Hey, mention me, or hey, um, <laughs> yeah. don't mention this, or or hey, you really should put this in the book and you disagreed? Have you had disagreements with your creative spirit? Um, well, it's funny um, because well, it's funny I feel like they, they do like influence they, my they writing, influence a, lot. My writing and a lot. It, it can be kind of like out of hand with them sometimes. They just want to take some idea and with it. Um, yeah. And you're like, well, I don't know if um, you're like, like well, really conveying the like message or intention that I wanted to put out there. there. I wanted to put well, out there. You know, editing so, is always you know, necessary. Is always necessary. But, um, but I think it's but, exciting when it I think does happen. And oftentimes, that's in gold. That's in gold. When they start like putting the words on the page, or when the spirit just starts moving my arms or like directing my posture or gaze, you know, I'm really embodied. Body, you know, with the body, dance of spirit, you know, the dance of giving spirit, that to the audience, giving that to the then audience. That is, I appreciate is, it so much that I appreciate. I let so them get away with some of those. Get away with some of those. Um, I did um, hold back on some things because something my uh, creative spirit my, uh, has creative spirit a different has name than Crow. A different it's just name a public name that I use, public name that I use so I can like, refer to him without giving away his name. It's one of those things like, it's you know, those things we're like, not always supposed to talk about every single magical thing that we do or that we know about. So we have that power and that accessibility and somebody else. Were to try to draw upon that, 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 that,
Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think the last then, question uh, was. I think the um, last question was. Um, what was the last question? <laughs> what was the last question? <laughs> <laughs> was there anything that you that you argued with them as far as whether or not to put it in the book? Oh, um, oh um, no, I would say, no, I, would say I, I put as much into the book I, I as I as could. The book in fact, um, you know, it's kind of a smaller you know, book. It can fit into a purse pretty And my editor, Heather, and was like, do you have another 5,000 words? words? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I didn't, I was like, it was really concentrated. This was like drinking from the fire hose. Drinking from the fire hose. for me to write it. And so I kind of think that how the book kind of translates into other people as well. Well, I didn't want well. to put any fluff or filler in there. I just put in everything that I, I just put in that everything I could. that I. There was that one I thing could. that I admitted. There was one thing that I admitted that I think that should have been in there, um, but I just there. didn't think about um, adding it. It was about this time where I was doing this um, fire dance. Doing you know, it was my life for a long time. That's how I put myself through grad school. Um, I had this, um, uh, this, I had this icon, uh, this woman, icon. This she was just woman, amazing, Linda Farkas, look her up, we were doing the same kind of we were doing the all making our own fire crown skirts, crowns, and these like elaborate, and, like, um, elaborate things where um, like we would light them on fire, but she's like, you know, European, we never met. But then she passed away then from, passed a fire away from a fire dancing accident. And I, I do want to reassure yeah. everyone out there I, I that reassure I'm very safe and intentional with my fire dancing. We have more safety mechanisms in place than she did. We don't take any risks. So this isn't going to happen to me. But, like, we were just, my friends and I were so devastated. We had a show that night that we found out. And so, you know, there's that circumstance. The show must go on. And so we put all of our grief into that show. We let ourselves grieve for the first song. And we get, it was... And the theme was, like, very ironically, like, sexy clown, But we painted our faces as, like, a little tear or, like, a little tear or, like, a little, you know. We really grieved during that first song. During that first song. And we just felt it so much, so strongly. We gave everything. And we transformed the grief, I believe, during that song, during the performance. And the song that followed that was a more upbeat song. And so we took all that. Energy, picked it up off the floor, and then like shot it out of the audience <laughs> with our joy, with our just having joy, known who she was, and having who seen was, her, having seen um, and being inspired um, by and her. Inspired by her. It was such a, it was such a change in the energy and how we processed it all. And you know, it was kind of a personal story, and I didn't know if I could do it justice. I didn't know if I could do it. It didn't make it into the book for that reason. Probably, but probably, but it's just so profound that I, I feel so like I have to bring it up. I feel like I have to bring it up. Oh no, but that's see, that's a beautiful story, and it talks about transmuting grief into joy, and mm-hmm. literally carrying mm-hmm. the torch. You know, like the these are the people that have gone on before us, and you're literally doing the thing that was inspirational and I, I think that's an amazing wow what a great story tell you're gonna have to tell that story to other people too i just get the feeling but what a great thank you story about thank you taking grief and turning it into art and honoring real literally honoring the person 
um, that you were grieving. That's that's amazing. That's that's really a super cool story. But I understand why it didn't make it into the book. But the book is jam packed, jam packed <laughs> yeah. with information. Seriously. And then there was this one. Oh, and there was one section of the book that I was like, oh, "I'm struggling, I'm struggling." And it was about beta reviewers. And I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah." I never show anybody anything until I'm done. It's like, oh, how am I gonna get around that? What are your thoughts? Of, <laughs> what are your suggestions to somebody like me who's like, oh, really? I got it. No, I'm scared of that. Because nobody wants attention. And that's like the first thing yeah. to go to. Yeah. Well, I don't think that you're going well, to, I don't get, rejection going to get rejection from everyone. Rejection from everyone. Okay. <laughs> I do think that only about fifty percent of only about beta reviewers actually get back to you. Actually get back to you unless you give them money in it. There's a contract. So don't see that as a rejection. Don't see that as a rejection. But you know, okay, you and I we've read a lot of books. You and I we've read a lot of books. Yeah. I'm reading a book right now. I'm reading a book for some research. For some research. And I can tell. I can there tell wasn't a good editor. There wasn't like a it's good not editor. typeset like it's well. Not typeset well. There's like kind of some weird stuff in there. There's just like a a couple more typos than usual. And that's the kind of stuff and that needs editing that we can't see. We have a blind spot when it comes to our art. It's not that it's a bad thing. It's just that we can't really see how other people are going to absorb it or what they're going to think about it. And especially for like and bigger projects, like a book, or like a whole, artistic display of like several pieces, like several pieces. We would, you know, we, we would, would like get some you know, feedback get about feedback about does everything work together? Does everything work does together? Does it flow? Does it feel cohesive? Does, does it feel, does it feel cohesive? like me? Does, does it is feel anything like me? missing? Is anything missing? <laughs> like if I needed to like, edit, if I needed to edit something, or you know, where would you put this on a where would you put this on a like the uh, if it's an artistic like the, uh, if it's an artist, would you hang this on a wall would you up hang high this on a wall or a little bit lower or a little bit lower we just need external eye or an or ear or a mind or something i think that just helps us I think wrap our heads around our what heads we're putting around out there putting and it just there. polishes up and it just polishes it up a little bit polishes it up a little bit yeah so it's really not something to be horrifically I mean, don't invest your entire heart in the opinion of mm-hmm. a beta reader necessarily if it's something you've written. But, I mean, get a collection of opinions, I think. Like, if it's not – obviously, if it's not a book, and like Estrella said, you know, there's contracts and money involved. But if you're creating a piece of art, you know, talk to some people that you trust you know, or some people who will be completely neutral to give you an opinion. And but don't don't let anything destroy your heart over it is what I, I guess you're getting to, right? It's like there's there's yeah. a chance people won't love yeah. it, but don't don't freak out over that necessarily, right? Yeah, I mean, even yeah, my favorite I mean, books, even my favorite they books. don't have 
5.0 stars on average, 4.3 average stars, or something like that. You know, and or something like that. You, you know, can love something, and it's not somebody else. I think I use the example of ice cream. Like, I love chocolate ice cream. I love chocolate ice cream. Some people don't like chocolate ice cream at all. Ice cream at all. They want to have the fruit sorbet. They want to have the fruit sorbet. And they can have it all. As long as I can have my chocolate. I can have my chocolate. I'm I'm okay. I'm I'm okay. I know. It's it's and it's a great it's a great comparative because honestly most people like chocolate ice cream. Um and you know, of course there are gonna be some detractors. You know, also some people are allergic to chocolate. It happens. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the intensity is, you know, the preponderance of evidence is that most people are going to have positive things to say. I mean but also remember when you're writing, no one hears how you're saying it in your head necessarily, which for me is the mark of a really great writer. Like I can hear you say the stuff in the book, and if I can hear you say it, it makes sense to me. Does that make sense to you? <laughs> that I said that? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I try to yeah. write like that, you know, in my own voice. It's something I actually learned from Jason Menke is to write conversationally. I was trained to write in a scientific manner, which has a very different kind of like layout and rule So it's different, and it's different. I like the conversational. I like the conversational. Absolutely. Well, because you want to feel like you are – with the person that you're reading, like there, you can hear them with you and answer the questions, even though you haven't asked them out loud yet, but they get to the questions, mm-hmm. which is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's obviously my preferred way. I mean, I've read manuals. I've had to put stuff into manuals. It's not, for me, it's, it's not a pleasant task whatsoever. I, I can't mm-hmm. be stoic like mm-hmm. that. I have to inject humor somewhere, otherwise I lose my mind, which is why I no longer help people write stuff like that. Um, SOPs, standard operating procedures, <laughs> if yeah. you work at a day job. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay, so when you work at a day job, everything's supposed to be very flat and very obvious and sometimes bordering on condescending because you have to make assumptions about what the person reading this may or may not already know. Mm-hmm. So there's kind mm-hmm. of, and I can't do that because there's no joy in that. I got to make you laugh a little bit. That's my job. So I was told uh, rather quickly, thank you, no thank you. You're not, you're being funny and it's not a funny situation. And I'm like, fuck if it isn't. Everything's goddamn funny in this place. But that's just me. Yeah. But anyway, uh-huh. yeah, in, the few minutes, uh-huh. in the few minutes we have left, Please talk to me about what you're working on next, because you gotta be. <laughs> There's no way around it. Well, Uh-oh. I have a few events well, coming I up. Have I don't actually have any books in the works, but I have a meeting with my editor tomorrow. So there is so a proposal in, so we'll see what happens with that. We'll see what happens with that. But, I am um, going to be at the I Earth Warrior Festival at the, Earth Warrior Festival at the end of September at the end and then the Witches Ball in Columbus on November 4th uh, November and Gathering of the Witches at the end of October. So I'm looking forward to all of those events. I'm looking forward to all of those events. And, uh, you know, any more that come up in the next year. 
that's fantastic. I'm I'm really hoping that whatever you propose goes through because ah, this was great. I mean, inspiring creativity through magic. Oh my God! Just get this book. Give it to people. Read it and then give it as a gift and then buy another copy and give that one as a gift too. Because if you're like me and you're too friggin' scared of yourself and you think your your art is crap, it's not. Give yourself the space. Give yourself the chance because, quite frankly, making jewelry, which is what I've been doing now, is, is so therapeutic um, during my grieving process and just through my extreme work life right now because I've got way too many irons in the fire. I'm doing way too much for too many people. So, you know, I stop at the end of the day when I can, and I design something. And it doesn't have to be perfect, and it doesn't have to be Tiffany quality. Just make it for you and get the expression mm-hmm. out so you can mm-hmm. get some kind of emotional, mental relief that you did something from the inside of you and put it out in the world. I think we get so wrapped up in our day job, we forget to nurture the parts of us that need nurturing, like our creativity. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I would say also yeah, that, and I would say also uh, if that I had one tip, I would say, you know, release perfection is not just for you, for everybody. I think that we all hold ourselves to such a standard where we all begin at a beginner's level, and we all take time to get through the medium level before we're an expert or even good at something, probably. And that's okay. I think enjoying the process, too, is just, like, that's the message of life, Like, that's the message of life. Enjoy this time right now, right here that we have. Like, don't expect perfection out of every moment. Just try your best. Try to have some fun. Try to have some fun. You know, try to laugh, like you said.
it's, it's a great book. If you feel like you're questioning your art or you feel like you don't have an outlet or you're just like I was where it's like, I have zero talent and I don't know what to do. Start with this book. I'm serious. It will definitely help you. All right, guys, I will see you next week. Take care. Blessed new moon. Go make some magic tonight. Have good intentions. Make good choices. Bye.